0: Today on the Focus on Why podcast, I'm joined by Manj Mahal. Manj, welcome to Focus on Why.
1: Thank you so much, Amy. And uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to you today. Well, I am too, because when
0: we were talking before and, and getting an idea of what it is you wanted to share, I love the story. It's, it's, a, it's a very individual story to you. And I want you to sort of share that with the audience. So let's start first with what it is you do right now
1: Amy I'm a first of all I'm a mother of two beautiful young boys I'm a property developer and investor based in southwest London I work full-time as a management consultant and I'm a chartered accountant that's 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 at a very high level what I do very good
0: and how did you start out in that, that career
1: so I suppose you know I've wear two hats. I've been wearing two hats for a very, very long time. <clears throat> Going back to how I became a chartered accountant, if bit of a story there. I came into the UK in um, 1997. So when I came into the UK, uh, I was kind of inspired to do really well academically by my granddad. Uh, my granddad, he was an ex-army officer and he always really pushed me to work really hard he actually used to get me up at 4 o'clock during the exam weeks and used to make me his special cream tea with loads of almonds. Uh, so he used to wake me up at 4 o'clock and, make, you know, used to make sure that I study. And he always used to say, be something in your life. And that was kind of, you know, his, his way to push me. And that clearly worked because uh, I think uh, from a very young age, I was very competitive and I always wanted to kind of, you know, be the top-ranked student. I was a typical teacher's pet. Um, even from a very young age. So when I moved to the UK, my grandparents were still in India, but his kind of what he said stayed with me. So I had a, I had a choice to go out and work, like my brothers did. Um, they were younger than me or carry on pursuing uh, my education. And that's the path I chose. When I came to the UK, English was my first language. So I have to work very hard to learn the language, not so much, you know, reading the language wasn't no a problem, but but it was more speaking. So I have to learn, work very hard to kind of, you know, become fluent at speaking the language, as well as then learning use in English language because my first of language was Punjabi, um, and also the cultural differences as well. I came from a school where the boy used to sit on one side and the girls used to sit on another side. So I went to a college where, you know, it was the boys and girls, they all sat in the same classroom and learned as friends. Uh, so there was lots of cultural differences as well. So it was, it was, it was hard at a very different level. Also because um, what I've studied in India wasn't recognized here. So I was almost kind of you know pushed back two years. So I have to go back to kind of you know go back to the level where I was two years ago. But my granddad kind of, you know, he was my inspiration and I wanted to make him proud. So I worked really hard. I've got my A-levels and I wanted to go to university. Um, but because I wanted to go to university and I've got the got the grades to go to the universities I really want to go to. But because I was still an overseas student, my fee was that of an overseas student. Um, and my dad, he was a market trader. Now we were okay, but we were not well enough, well off enough to, for my dad to pay the, the, the university fee, which was kind of very, very expensive. So I then started looking at, okay, well, you know, I still, I still want to make my granddad proud. I still want to be something in my life. What are the other avenues I can explore? And I think from the very early on, I've realized the value of being open-minded and um, having really good relationship with people so I developed a really good relationship with a career counsellor at the college I went to. And we explored various options and he kind of said, well, what it is that you want to be? And I said, well, I want to learn about business. I want to learn about how the business operates. Because um, my family, you know, my family owned land and they, uh, some of my some of family members, they were market traders. They were all kind of in various businesses. I've always been curious about learning about businesses. And he said, well, potentially, have you thought about accountancy? And I thought, oh, you know, uh, it's like bean counters, right? doesn't sound very exciting. But again, being open-minded really, really served me well because um, I gave him an opportunity to explain how it works and various doors which it can open. Um, And the more he talked, the more I was convinced that, OK, this is the path I want to follow. So I then decided, right, okay, well, just because I can't go to university doesn't mean that I will not be able to fulfil my ultimate desire to be something in my life. And uh, so I then enrolled on an evening classes to study for accountancy whilst I also found a job working with, uh, working for a very kind of small firm of accountancy, learning the basics of how to put the accounts together. So I used to do that on a full-time basis and I used to go to college Uh, one evening a week to do my accountancy and that's kind of you know how I became the account you know became chartered accountant and I think you know I can be I can be very philosophical about things and I'm a strong believer that sometimes you know things happen for a reason and actually retrospectively that's one of the best thing which could have happened because by the time I finished my accountancy qualification, I was also I, w- I was already an assistant manager with one of the top accountancy firms in in the, in the world uh, whilst my friends were still just coming up the university and they had debts and everything whereas I had kind of three years experience, a qualification which is equivalent to a degree and I was then by then doing my master's as well. So yeah, sometimes you know when things don't go your way, you look at it and you think. Why has it happened to me? I worked so hard for this. Um, and you can be quite, you know, can be quite demoralizing. But sometimes, you know, things do have really do happen for the reason.
0: So your interpretation of be something in your life, what did your grandfather think of you?
1: Um, I think that's the. I think that's the sad thing, because. Um, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this, because <laughs> um, before I actually qualified, he passed away. And, um, yeah, uh, but he's, um, you know, again, okay, even, even, even now, I think he's looking down at me. And I think, you know, I, I kind of always visualise the look on his face, you know, how happy he would be. But I think even now, um, no, he's very proud of me. And even to this day, you know, he inspires me, inspires me to do the right thing. Um, You know, again, like they say that do the right thing, even when people are not watching you, uh, just because your loved ones are not there physically with you. You know, they always they always there. You know, they always their words always inspire you. So, yeah,
0: it's a great mantra to have. And it's obviously very emotional for you.
1: I was I was very, very close to my grandparents. Um, and uh, yes, so yeah, to this day, they inspire me. You know, their work ethics, what they taught me. Um, and I'm hoping to pass that on to my children.
0: And growing up, what did you learn as a child spending time with your grandparents?
1: I think, <clears throat> uh, gosh, they, they taught me so many things. I think they taught me the value of community. We lived in it. We lived in a small village where... Even from a very young age, you know, once a week we used to kind of, you know, because in, in in you know, I grew up in North India and lots of things kind of revolves around the local kind of, you know, the temples. And from a very young age, I was like 9, 10. All of us, you know, other girls similar age used to go there and help like clean up, cook the food and a whole community used to come together and everyone contributed in their own way. Some gave money, some gave time. Some gave every, you know, whatever skill they've had. Some people were very good at cooking. The others, others, was just good at cleaning. So I think the sense of community, um, the value of hard work. Um, again, you know, we, when I was growing up, we were not, we were not, um, you know, we were not poor, but we have to be very, very careful about you know, how we spend our money. So we have to make sure that you know we are making the most of what we've had. Um you know we had we had uh, we had land, we also had cows. We used to sell milk, so I used to help out. Um, and also you know the value of um, value of hard work, but also doing the right thing. Right? And my grandparents also taught me that um, you are never too young or old to learn anything. Um, before I used to go to school, I used to help clean up. when I used to come back from school, I used to help around the house, help in the farm and everything. And also just, you know, treat people with the respect. One thing my grandma always, always used to say is that, you know, protect your reputation because it takes years to earn reputation and it takes seconds to lose it. And that always stayed with me, you know, just, just I'm very kind of protect, protective of my reputation. I will protect it fiercely. And hence, I'm very careful about you know, who I attach myself with, the people I hang out with, who I work with, who I associate myself with. Um, now, you know, I, w- I also weigh my heart on my sleeve and made my fair share of mistakes, you know, uh, trusting people too quickly, um, trusting people I shouldn't have trusted, uh, perhaps, you know, not doing enough due diligence on people. But I think that's, a, that's part of growing up. Um, you learn from your mistakes. As long as you learn from your mistakes, I think it just makes you a stronger and a better person. So, yeah, you know, there's there's many things my grandparents taught me.
0: And I guess resilience is one of the biggest ones as well. You know, just that that initial devastation of not being able to be a student when you thought you would be and turning that right round to actually a a much more advantageous position for you.
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, resilience is one of those things which, I think when you're growing up, you know, it's not something you know. We certainly did something, you know. It's not something we talked about, but it was so part of what we did. You know, my my dad, he, um, you know, he, you know, when we we when we were growing up, he actually didn't see us for years because he was in the UK and we were in India, and that must have taken him a lot of kind of you know resilience to be able to stay away from his family and just doing the right thing, you know, making the sacrifices for the long-term, better future of his family. Um, and again, you know, we, I had setbacks. You know, we all, ha- all have setbacks, but I think it's the resilience which actually gives us that power to get through and ultimately reach our aspirations and goals. And also,
0: I, I see the leap of faith that various generations have made in your family, including yourself, you know, that distrust in your own ability.
1: Absolutely. I think, Amy, we, you know, we all watch people, you know, we watch prime ministers, we watch these amazing big personalities, and we are inspired by them. And I think it's absolutely right to be inspired those, inspired by those people I've achieved. But I've always been inspired by people who are very close to me. So, you know, the sacrifice my dad made um, for the long term good of our families, I find that is inspirational. My husband, who's also my business partner, you know, his work ethics and non-negotiables when it comes to quality of service we provide to our tenants is I find that inspirational. Uh, my father-in-law he inspires me with his growth mindset. he's in his seventies, uh, but he's I always see him reading books and manuals and watching YouTube videos um because he's an electrical engineer, so he's always kind of you know learning about how to solve electrical plumbing. Or car problems. My my eleven year old. He's uh, you no. Know, he loves maths. And my father in law. He go out and he's already. I mean, he's eleven years old. And my dad's gone out. That's. I call my father in law my dad. He's gone out and bought GCSE maths and A level books because <laughs> he, he enjoys enjoys re- learning about things. So he learn about you know mathematical concepts and try and teach an eleven year old. You know, mathematical concepts, which he doesn't need to learn about until he reaches A level. But so he really inspires me with his growth mindset. So I've always been inspired by people who actually live close to me because then I can see that actually they live and breathe those values every day rather than someone who you see in the papers or, you know, read about in the newspapers or you listen to them on TV, uh, but you don't exactly know how they live their everyday life. Because then there is a risk that you can end up playing in someone else's playground and not be authentic and true to yourself.
0: I think that's such a great piece of advice in that a lot of people look too far away from where they already are. And actually, the true inspirations are right in their doorstep.
1: Very true. Very true. I think I've learned that early on as well, because, uh, again, you know, one of the things which um, I love principles, you know, I love Principle-based learning because I think principles are like lighthouse which guide you when you're lost. So that was uh, that was one of the reason I loved economics at economics A levels because there were so many kind of principles. For uh, example, you know diminishing rate of return, you know, the, the the demand and supply. And when he did my accountancy, things like you know uh, debits and credits, you know, everything needs to be balanced. Um, whether that's your books or your life, you need to have a balance in life. And when I started my corporate career, one of the concepts I think which was sold to me was work-life balance. So in my initial years, I used to look up to these female partners and used to be inspired them, inspired by them, thinking, wow, these ladies, they've got everything. You know, they are partners and they've got family and everything. But then, you know. When I had a closer look at them, you kind of realize that actually they've got nannies, they've got cooks, they've got, you know, they've got lots of helpers. They don't actually see their kids as often as uh, as I would like to see my kids. And so I kind of realized that, you know, that work-life balance every day is a bit of a misrepresented concept because over a period of a month, you may have work-life balance. But, you know, it's difficult to have that every single day. And sometimes people present themselves like, you know, they do have that. But, you know, what you're not seeing is actually all the help which they're getting in the background.
0: And what about the decisions that you make? Do you ever have people challenge you with your in your family?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I tell you a story. I bought my first property in 2004. Now, I was, a, I was the first one to go to, you know, kind of have a degree and I was the first person in the family to have, have, a, have a professional career. And I was, I was the first one to buy a property. And I had so much uh, resistance from not my immediate family, but more my extended family. Um, my cousins and others were kind of saying, well, what, what, what are you doing? You know, if you bought a property and you get married and you didn't get on and then your husband's going to take that away. And, you know, girls don't buy properties. You know, this is the sort of things which, you know, boys do. Um, so, yeah, so there there, there was. And um, even I think um, when, when I first started my corporate life, I think, yes, I bought property in my early 20s. And that was more because as an accountant, I've just realized that certain assets appreciate and certain assets depreciate. And property was one which is, you know, or, okay, this is going to, Appreciate so I'm just going to put my money into property, but my my focus was very much on career, and um, the job I've had took me all over the country. I was travelling a lot, and there was a lot of kind of you know, uh, just challenging me along the lines that you know you're it's, it's it's a it's a quite demanding career. It takes you all over the country when you have a family. You know your husband probably won't like it. You have to you know you stay away, and then you know your family may doubt you who you're mixing with. So there's always been, I think um you know uh, the, the, these these challenges, and I think partially, most of those challenges, I very much looked at them. well, actually, they're probably coming from the right place. It's just because you know when you are the first to do something new, you know you are not living the life people in other people imagine you would, because that's not what they have done. So you kind of have to just take them on a journey and just accept that they are coming from the right place.
0: And is it easy, do you find, to challenge yourself in this way?
1: Um, Challenge myself? Um, I think, yes, I've learned the value of thoughtful disagreement, Amy, because sometimes I think our ego gets in the way when we have made a decision and we think, actually, I'm right, and we are too scared to be challenged because that may expose our vulnerability. But I've learned the value of thoughtful disagreement because if it, if by when someone challenges you and if they help you better understand the decision you're making and why you're making it, it may actually save you a lot of heartache or money or time. So, you know, for a long time, I actually welcome that because when sometimes, you know, some people challenge what you're doing or why you're doing that, Actually, you know, you are, you start thinking about your own decision. And there has been times when through that thoughtful disagreement, I have actually changed my mind. So I think there is va- definitely value in that. But as an individual, it's important to recognize when actually the other person does have the credibility to engage in a thoughtful disagreement with you versus, uh, you know, they're just, they just trying to kind of pull you down while you're trying to progress. So there's a difference between the two. And I think with experience you learn who's coming from which place.
0: And you're just open-minded.
1: Absolutely. I think that that is so so critical because uh, again, you know, like I said, going back to when I wasn't able to go to university, if if I wasn't open-minded, I probably would have, you know, would have ended up in a very different place. Um, um and I've been open-minded, you know, both in our kind of property business as well as my corporate career. Um, but also I think um it's important to be open minded with people who you trust and that only comes with time because there are you know all of us got people in our lives who you can't be open minded with because um their values, their work ethics, the way they think, the way they live their life, it's just not aligned with how you want to live your life. like I always talk about, you know, um we want to spend time with engines and not anchors. And I wouldn't necessarily be open-minded with anchors because no matter what I say or what I do, they'll always try and pull me down. But yes, absolutely. No. It's so, so critical to be open-minded with those people who are going to turbocharge your life.
0: So your why has sort of changed as you got older. Why do you do what you do now?
1: So why has changed? Um, I think what I, so there's, there's a number of reasons why I do what I do now. I think one, one of them is still to have that security because um, I think like they say that, you know, you never own success, you only ever borrow it. So I know that, you know, as soon as, as you know, I, and I've seen that happening with people, they become too complacent and then actually things can be taken away from them. And that really scares me. So the security is still really, really important to me. The other thing, my other why is inspiring people, but also, more importantly, inspiring my children. Um, Legacy has always been my why. Again, you know, growing up in a family of landowners, I've seen the power of leaving legacy. We used to talk about that, you know, this piece of land was bought by my great-great-great-great-granddad great <laughs> and it's still there. Uh, so uh, that's, so. Legacy is, not, you know, legacy is really important to me. But also now it's about challenging me, challenging myself and just pushing myself and seeing, you know, the, the, the new things I can learn and how further I can push myself and what else I can achieve in my life. And again, you know, going back to my granddad's mantra, be something in your life. And I think one of the other things he used to say is that you know, always push yourself. You know, ask yourself, that are you the best version of yourself? And he actually makes me quite happy that I've still got so many areas to improve on.
0: So what's next for you, Manj?
1: I think in many ways, I think one of the things I really want to do is that just keep pushing new boundaries. One of the one of the things which is really important to me now, again, you know, we I, I always lived in an extended family when I was growing up lived with my grandparents, and now I live with my in-laws, um, and I started this kind of health and fitness regime several months ago. And one of the reasons I started that was that I want to be strong enough and I want to be healthy enough to look after my, you know, uh, look after my in-laws as they get older. Uh, so again, you know, the next for me is. I want to continue on that journey of health and fitness, and also you know uh, that's that also, if I can inspire my family, my other family members to be he- healthy and fit, inspire my children to be fit and healthy, you know, that makes me really happy in my in my corporate career, um one of the reasons i still I still work full time again, you know it goes goes back to that security, but it also goes it also goes back to the fact that I like i love helping people and i moved from being an accountant to consultant over 12 years ago because that's more aligned with how i like to work you know in consultancy you get really get to help people and you really get to apply what you've learned and you see the you know see the satisfaction on on the client's face when you've helped solve a problem for them on our business side again, you know we are very lucky that uh my laws family they They've been in property for several years, so we are second-generation property investor developers. But everything's been done in a very kind of traditional way. So what I want to pass on to my children not just the assets, but also a business. So we are, um, you know, we are working through more systemizing our business, um, also scaling up development side of our business, um, and just introducing better systems and processes, which helps us. Not only grow but sustain the successful business which our parents worked very hard to build for us. And if you cast
0: your mind back to '97 when you first came over from India, is this the life that you saw for yourself?
1: Probably not, Amy. If I'm really honest with you, because you know the the, the it's like they say, you know, you are you are a you are a sum of five people. You spend your time with. And when I came, I spent a lot of time with my with my immediate family, like my cousins and everyone, and all of them you know they they were they were married when they were nineteen twenty so I thought, okay, well, you know I'll have a okay career because i wanted to be something, but I didn't exactly know what that would look like but i I thought, okay, I want to have a career, I want to be self sufficient I want to be independent um but I think that um if I look look at where I am, I think is uh, it's gone much, much better. You know, I'm in a much better place than I envisaged I would be. So I'm very grateful for that. Very grateful. So the be something in your life, what what's what's the next for you to do? So I think next for me, I've got many personal challenges which I want to overcome. You know, at the moment I'm going through a bit of a journey of acquiring. New habits and breaking some old bad habits. So, <laughs> so, I would I would I would be doing that. As far as the business is concerned, again, you know we we're very hands on. You, know, you know we're very kind of traditional in the way we manage our business. We're very hands on. So we just want to systemize and make that business better. Uh, we are still buying properties uh, more on the development side. So we very much kind of want to, I mean, again, you know, because I came from a family of market traders where property investment is, you know, it's a very long-term strategy. But we want to be able to kind of trade some assets as well to realize some value. Uh, because at the moment, you know, if you've got an investment portfolio, a lot of the of value is 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 tied into that. So we've got, we've got some big plans. Um, but again, you know, the other side of the coin is that we are very, very conservative as well. You know, we're very conservative risk-averse because our parents work very hard to give us what they've given to us. And uh, we want to make sure that we don't take silly risks and uh, risk what we've already got. So, you know, due diligence and doing thorough, thorough due diligence on everything we do is really, really critical for us. Um, Yeah, so I think at a very high level, you know, we want to keep growing what we've got, systemizing our business, make it more of a business rather than a set of assets. Um, and then just keep pushing myself you know keep pushing ourselves and I love helping other people you know I learned very early on that you, you know you're only competing with yourself there was more than enough opportunities to go around for everyone so um, it makes me very happy when I'm able to help other people
0: well it's been an absolute pleasure hearing your journey and your your future plans as well so it's really exciting how would people get in touch with you Manj if they wanted to reach out
1: yeah, so I'm on Facebook, which I mainly use for my property stuff. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn as well, which at the moment I only use for corporate. Uh, but yeah, you know, people can reach out to me there. I'm also on Instagram as well. So, I'll, you know, the links are attached.
0: Yeah, they're all in the show notes. So people can just click on them and, and
1: connect with you. It's fantastic. Uh, thank you so much. What would be your final message? I think uh, my final message would be be resilient and be prepared to be bored except to achieve except that to achieve your goals you have to keep sowing the seeds if one door closes the other one will surely open be inquisitive and never miss an opportunity to learn something new be clear about your guiding principles because they will guide you like a lighthouse when you are lost and the, when the going gets tough remind yourself of your first second and third level why
0: If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrollinson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.